what you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate the great feast of Peter and Paul, the apostles who are credited with the foundation of the church in Rome, the city of Rome. And of course, we know from our studies that uh, Peter first founded the church in Antioch before he came to Rome. And all the churches of Levant, which were once all in the, almost all in the Byzantine Empire, were founded almost exclusively by the Apostle Paul. He was very busy. And the lands today are in great travail. They're uh, bleeding. So the apostles are bleeding over the churches they founded. We are uh, Byzantine Catholics, Eastern Catholics, because our church was founded, but possibly by maybe the apostolic preaching of Andrew. So Andrew and Peter were brothers, so we think of them as the East and the West, sort of an accommodated sense. And if you go to Kiev, there's a great, over the dip in the river, there's a great statue of Andrew. Dvornik uh, wrote a book on the apostolic ministry of the apostles among the Slavs. It's in our library, and it's sort of an iffy book. It's a yes and a no book. But there are stone carvings and such that go back to the apostolic period. And if you want to see some of them, if you ever get a chance, go to Kosice. They have them in the middle of the city, uh, sort of plastered on a tower or something there. I saw them there. Uh, and there's pottery and other things that make this evident. But this is not the point of the uh, talking to you today. Our true uh, apostles were Cyril Methodius, especially among our people. And their diocese went from Uzaret all down through the south. They'd been in the Czech lands and even the Polish lands. And uh, we used the readings from Okred, where that Okred was also founded by Cyril Methodius. So we have both amongst us eparchies and traditions that are both today uh, Orthodox and uh, Catholic. <laughs> A Slav and uh, mostly Slav, however. Now, so we have to think about that. Remember that the church was one for a thousand years. And it did not fall apart all of a sudden, like in 1054. That's just the legalistic number. We gradually grew apart for several reasons. Number one, we could not understand each other's languages. And the reason that happened that the theologies became desperate in different, different decora uh, directions. And they still are some of those difficulties today. But we, for our part, are Byzantine because our right developed in Byzantium. Huh? And we call ourselves Byzantine Catholic Ruthenians. Uh, some, but the Ruthenian Catholic Church has never been exclusively Ruthenian. You can't say that, especially after the Reformation and places like that where Germans and all sorts of people came into the Eastern Catholic Church. 
because they were sort of, uh, you know, not happy with Western Church. And that's still today true. People come to us who are not too happy with the Western Church or Western theology, or they love our liturgy, or for some reason, they come into our church. And of course, we welcome all things. I think our church today is, uh, from what I hear, uh, when I was in the clergy conference, being largely Slovakized. So there is that rumor, which persists, but nobody has denied it or affirmed it, that there will be a major archbishop in Preshov. So <laughs> I don't know how uh, Usarad feels about that, but or the Southern Slavs. I don't know how they feel about that, but it's, uh, I don't know if it's good or bad, to tell you the truth. But I hope for it's the better and to protect us as a community. But I don't know how it'll affect the American church. You know, I don't know what affect our government, whether they have a synodal government or everything. But we have no power over those things. They uh, belong to people higher in the church and we have to pray for them that they make the right decisions. Our Holy Father is constantly under political barrage and today his financial officer in the Vatican was accused of misbehavior. I sort of doubt that. I, I feel pretty bad about the church in America and everywhere being constantly bombarded with misbehavior when no other group actually has misbehavior. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's amazing, right? But they bombard us completely, and they also take our money away from us by lawsuits, and we become a very poor church, and that's one of the reasons. Well, it's not so bad being a poor church. We'll, we'll survive. But I feel sorry for the apostolic preaching which we're talking about today, that it resides in the apostolic churches. And they should recognize that and be firm in it. So Peter and Paul, they had their problems too, didn't they? They were actually considered criminals. I guess we're considered criminals today too. And their churches were awfully, people were fractured if you read the Corinthians, Paul to the Corinthians, he's always trying to correct them, but they're not <laughs> they're not easily corrected, are they? And those churches today are still not easily corrected. But we must be firm in our identity with the apostolic preaching. When we talk about the apostolic preaching, it's not a mystery. It's in the Gospels, it's in the pastoral letters, it's in the New Testament. It's in the Fathers of the Church. It's in ancient documents. Not everything of apostolic is contained in the New Testament. I mean, there's many, many other sources that fill in the, the gaps, which we have in the New Testament. And we have that beautiful document, the Nicene Creed, which is from the apostles. And they wrote it for that reason, to make sure that we would know what we believed and, and hopefully how we believe it. And they gave us the liturgy, the documents of the liturgy. 
Now, the documents of the liturgy are diverse, but uh, Juan Mateo and uh, other people have studied almost in the 20th century and dug out these documents. And today in the office, we read where Jane John Damascene wrote the uh, canon for Peter and Paul. It's sort of amazing, you know. It must have been sort of late that that canon came around, because he's sort of late. But in all these things, we hung on to our Catholic faith and to our attachment to the apostles. Now, in Matthew's Gospel, it says that you are Peter, and upon this rock I build my church. It's not saying that the other apostles, certainly particular churches, were founded by them too. But this particular audience of Jesus uh, was specifically to Peter. And it's after Peter denied him three times and then reaffirmed his belief in him. Well, I feel this way about that. We belong to Peter. We are in a Catholic church. The marriage is not always a uh, happy one but it's still our foundation. Peter did not come to our people, Cyril Methodius did, but they went to Peter when they needed a decision about the liturgical books and the language. So they must have acknowledged the power and a source of our foundation in the church is Peter. Our Orthodox brothers, some say, well, he's first among equals. I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, I think he is first. But what do I think his job is? I think his job is to protect wherever he is, the apostolic and positive faith, and make sure it's taught in the whole Catholic world. Not that other churches do not claim the same thing, but Peter was given that commission. You are Peter upon this rock, I build my church. The foundation of the church is the apostolic preaching. And the apostles who preach the, the, uh, the liturgy and the gospels and their, their, their messages and their places they went and the traditions that they followed and the cities they went to. So we are a diverse church. But we need this particular unity around Peter. Today, Peter is always under attack. <laughs> they didn't kill him yet, but I'm sure they tried to. They tried to kill St. John Paul II. And I think we live in a different kind of world today because we monks here in our monastery are surrounded by diverse Peters, peoples who claim to be Christians. Well, dear brothers, if you do not eat his body and drink his blood in the Holy Eucharist, you're not Christian. And we only have that because we have the successors of Peter and Paul and the apostles amongst us. Even I myself am the successor of the apostles, but not so grand as the succession of St. Peter in Rome. We are a complex community based in a divinely revealed faith. And we have documents and monuments of, those, of that faith. 
Some time ago, I was in ecumenical dialogue. Orientale illuminates to go every year. I went and told the doc the uh, things they were presenting were not particularly interesting to me, and I was so busy out here with these churches after a while. And uh, Bishop Sevalod was there. Bishop Sevalod was the Ukrainian Metropolitan of the United States. He had united a couple diverse churches. Also, he was the one of the patrons of the Oriental Illumin, and he was always present at it. I was particularly impressed with him because when he would meet you, he he was a psychologist before he became a priest, and he knew how to talk to people. He knew how to put you at ease and feel that he was your friend, no matter when you advanced towards him. So at one of these conferences, uh, some gentleman got up, a priest in the back of the room, and he said, we have to exergete the creed to make it understandable in contemporary circumstances, is what they were saying. Sevalon stood up and said, let us leave the monuments of faith alone. They are unsure to us that from generation to generation, I'm adding, the apostolic faith comes down to us. It's like rewriting the Bible. It's ridiculous. But we pick them up all the time. They're in a better way and more understandable in a better language. But if you want to read the Bible, read it in Greek. Read it in the original languages if you're that particular. Don't just go saying, well, we'll get a new translation. Everything will be clear. Only the Holy Spirit who dwells in you through ascesis and the gifts of the Holy Spirit can give you the insight that you need from the sacred text. And you should understand in the context of the teaching of the church and the apostolic tradition. I applaud the civil lord. He died some years ago, and I had the privilege to go to New Jersey to the Ukrainian Orthodox Cemetery there and pray at his grave. Tears came to my eyes. He taught the truth, and he was a great cause for unity throughout the whole ecumenical world, and I mean by that the whole Catholic world. Do not let somebody's opinion or some book you read or some theology you come across that you like separate you from Peter, and the apostolic monuments of faith, the gospel, the epistles, the writings of the early fathers, the Nicene Creed. These are tremendous gifts to us to keep us in unity and safe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.